It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! My guest today is a five-time Northeast Conference champion. He had a pair of trips to the NC2A Football Championship Subdivision FCS playoffs that highlight the resume of Duquesne's all-time winningest football coach, Jerry Schmidt, a two-time finalist for Stats FCS Coach of the Year in 2015 and 18. Jerry has seen nine players invited to NFL rookie camps over the past four seasons. Jerry has guided the Dukes to an undefeated regular season in 2021, and as Duquesne played host to their first-ever NEC championship game during the unprecedented spring season, Duquesne landed a league-high 16 players on the NEC's all-conference squads. Jerry captured his 100th win as Duquesne's head coach with a 17 to nothing triumph on the road at Wagner on March 4th of 2021. Here to talk about his coaching career and what drives him to be the man that he is, is Coach Jerry Schmidt. Jerry, welcome to the show. Ron, it's great to talk to you. It's really an honor to be able to, to speak with you and uh, looking forward to, to this time together. So as I look over your coaching resume, I mean, your life has come full circle, at least on the coaching side. You, you grew up in Pittsburgh, and from 1985 to 1987, you were an assistant at Duquesne, and then you go back and coach high school ball. Then you go back to Duquesne. 1992 as an assistant, and then 93 to 99 as an offensive coordinator. But then you took the head coaching job at Westminster College, and this is where you played your collegiate ball. So uh, talk about, you know, playing collegiate ball at Westminster and then getting your first head coaching gig. Well, I I got into college coaching in in an interesting way. Um, All those years you mentioned, the first two times I was at Duquesne, I was a part-time coach. We were a smaller program. We really only had one full-time coach, which is the head coach, and I was teaching high school. I taught math for 17 years, um, which was very rewarding. Uh, in fact, I miss it terribly. I love <clears throat> teaching young people, and so as I was doing that, the head coaching job came open at my alma mater, Westminster, and um, I was able to secure that position. And so my first full-time college job. Uh, was as the head coach, which is really unprecedented. Um, so I got out of teaching and got into coaching there and really enjoyed coaching at my alma mater. It was a great place, very successful when I played there. And we made a transition then from NAIA to Division Three at the time. And I went through that transition, and after five years, my boss at Duquesne, Greg Gattuso, he got hired over at Pitt to mm-hmm. be their D-line coach. Mm-hmm. So I applied back to Duquesne, and I was fortunate they hired me back here and in my hometown at a, at a great university. And I've been here ever since. Yeah, as I mentioned, you'll be entering your 18th season, so that's quite a long time. But when you first took over with the Dukes, this is a totally different uh, program. I mean, there was no scholarships, I believe. It was in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, so recruiting was much different. But nevertheless, you're... Uh, 
you're still coaching at a higher level than you did at Westminster. Talk about that transition going from Westminster now to Duquesne. Yeah, like I mentioned, we I've been through a number of transitions here. Uh, when I was first at Duquesne, we were Division Three, mm-hmm. and then we made uh, in the '90s we went to one double A non scholarship. Uh, then I went to Westminster, and we were going from the NAI Division Two to Division Three. And I, when I came to back to Duquesne, we were still the non scholarship, and we made that transition. And it was a challenge at first because uh, we didn't have as many scholarships as the rest of the conference that we got in, and actually mm-hmm. had two losing seasons, which um, was tough because when I was an assistant, we were very good, won a number of championships. Um, and so we had to get through that process and uh, be able to build the conference. And uh, I think in our fourth year, we, we tied for the conference championship. And so from that point on, uh, we're at a great place here. It's a great location. We get so much support. Uh, we were able to build a program here where we're consistently competing for the conference championship basically every year. Blessed to play Ron Meyer talking today with Coach Jerry Schmidt. He's the head coach of Duquesne University, the Dukes, in the city of Pittsburgh. And uh, there's quite a number of Division One schools within like a 10-mile radius, which is kind of wild. Uh, yourself, University of Pitt, and, and Robert Morris. But when you went to this scholarship model, you, you joined the Northeast Conference and now this is a whole different dynamic because you have to recruit uh, potential athletes. And, you know, the cream of the crop is going to the SEC, the Big Ten. So how do you find these players? Uh, how important is recruiting? And I know we're talking at a time right now where uh, this is your time of year where you're going to have players for the, you know, the next four years during your program. There's no doubt we're in it right now. In fact, this evening we have uh, young men and their parents showing up for official visits on campus. And it is a big challenge, especially at our level, because we want to recruit those that, that aspire to play at, in the SEC or ACC or Big Ten because we know that some of those will fall off their recruiting boards. Mm-hmm. We also want to recruit those in our level, you know, at the FCS level. And then there's always the, the lower-level guys that will surprise you and, and potentially be able to develop as a player and help us. So. We're, we're in a unique situation. We recruited a lot of levels. It takes a lot of work and organization, and I have a great staff to, to be able to manage that. Yeah, very uh, very much a challenge, but let's let's put this into perspective. You, you play against FBS schools. In fact, we talked about this off the year. You went down to TCU and played, and then you beat Ohio, and uh, you're only giving out 40 scholarships a year. So what does it take to like just get your players to believe that they could beat a school that has, uh, you know, their F- FBS, they have more scholarships. What does that take in a motivational type of factor just to get them prepared for a game like that? It's certainly a challenge um, that I think long and hard about how to approach a game like that. Uh, I'll reference back to four years ago, we had the opportunity to go out and play at Hawaii. And, um, they're an FBS program, and, you know, we played in the stadium that Colt McCoy played in. It was nostalgic. It was awesome. Obviously, it was a great trip to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a quarterback that was one of the tops in the country, and um, it was a weird situation. I didn't know how we were going to respond. And uh, we actually got an interception in the first quarter and scored, and then we kicked it off, and they bobbled the kickoff, and we scored, gra- grabbed the kickoff, and then scored. And I think our kids just believed that they could play with these guys. And 
Um, we ended up losing 42 to 21, but you know, in the third quarter, it was a one-score game. Our guys just found that motivation and that little bit of momentum helped them believe. And the same thing happened at Ohio, um, except for the fact that they ran the first kickoff back um, for a touchdown. But I give our kids a ton of credit because they listen to me and the coaches, and, and they understand it's a 60-minute game. But as we started to go through that first half and we were hanging with them and playing pretty solid, um, they believed. And, and that's a big part of it is um, to play above your level and believe. And uh, it came down to they, they had a two-point play to tie the game, and, and we broke it up and won the game. It was, it was great for our young men to experience something like that and to play at that level. Well, it seems at least by looking at your schedule, you play these FBS schools early in the season. Does that help prepare you for conference play in the Northeast Conference? It certainly does. Uh, it's a challenge, and, and our guys want to play at that level, and they strive to. So anytime you're forcing yourself to get better, uh, it's going to help you later in the season. The big challenge is, is in any team is to manage through any injuries and uh, stay healthy through a long season. So it certainly helps us in our preparation. Talk about the culture of football in the Pittsburgh area. Now, uh, everyone references the, the old Steeler teams, the, the great defenses, that rugged style of, of play, of, of having a, a powerful running back. Does that carry over to, uh, to the college teams in the Pittsburgh area as well? Well, it does here because I grew up in that, uh, the, the, you know, the four Super Bowls of the 70s. And as a coach, when I started to get into teaching and coaching, I so much valued uh, observing Coach Chuck Knoll. Mm-hmm. They were a physical football team, but he was such an intelligent coach. And uh, the way he managed his players and motivated them and uh, taught them that football is not everything in life. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and his perspective, I learned a great deal. So um, that's one of our tenets is to be physical, um, to play fast, and play with confidence but then also to play smart. Blessed to play Ron Meyer uh, talking today with Coach Jerry Schmidt. He won three MAAC championships, five NEC championships. He's been Coach of the Year. And I want to talk about um, just coaching the modern-day athlete, these kids coming out of high school. And you mentioned Chuck Knoll, kind of a no-nonsense type of guy. Have you had to evolve in your coaching style to coach these kids with you're dealing with social media now, Jerry, you're, you're dealing with a lot of self aggrandizing they see at the NFL level. How does that carry over to the collegiate level in your style of coaching? Well, it's certainly a challenge. Um, you know, we have our kids believing that they can continue to get better every single day and they see everybody else. Um, you know, they all believe they can play in the NFL and I never think that you should, um, cancel out anybody's dreams, whether it's football or in life. Um, so we encourage them to get better, uh, but it's a challenge because we know some of them physically uh, can't uh, play in the NFL. Uh, but we have those talks with them when they're seniors. Um, in the social media, we deal with that. Uh, you know, us old guys, uh, I have young guys on my staff that help me with those things and how to manage through it. But uh, I do believe it's we're all similar. It's probably not a whole lot different. I always say to my staff, when we were kids growing up, our parents probably thought we did some goofy things. And right. It's the same now. Uh, we adapt to some of the things they do, but we still set the same expectations of a work ethic. And um, 
you know, academics is number one here. Uh, I have a philosophy that I call four for 40. These next four years will help set the rest of your life, the 40 years, and they don't all understand they have to work 40 years. Most of us do, unless we hit the lottery. Um, but it's four for 40, uh, and the academics is the most important. And we've been able to manage here. We have, we have kids that are in pharmacy majors and pre-med, and uh, they're running from practice, uh, running from labs and getting to practice. And we, we have a little saying, Duke's adjust. We just figure it out. And um, it's the same on a football field in a game. You have to adjust as you go. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out how to be successful and help each other get better. And it's the same in life, too. You have to learn how to adjust and not let it affect you mentally and move forward. I'm a, I'm a glass-half-full kind of guy that something happens, we learn from it, and we move on. Yeah, great parallels from playing sports and, and bringing that to real-life circumstances. And uh, I would say it's an innocuous way of learning about life because there's some tough things to deal with as you go on, especially as you get older, and then you have to visit doctors more often. But um, I want to talk about some of the highlights of your career. I look back to that 2015 season. You were first in the NEC or NEC, NEC champions. Is there any season or uh, event or a game that stands out as most significant for you? Well, that, that 15 was a, was a great season. We had a great team, and we went to the playoffs for the first time. And nobody really expects our conference. Um, you know, our conference has 45 as the max scholarship and 63 is the FCS. And most all those programs that we go into the playoffs against have 63, and it's a big challenge. Um, we went down to William & Mary and uh, lost 45-42. It was such a great game, and our guys battled. And they just said, "There's 11 on the field, and we're going to go. We're going to go play against their 11." And uh, but probably the, the the special game was uh, we made the playoffs again in 18, and we went down to Towson, and you know we're, we were big underdogs, and uh, we were down 10 to three at half, and just came out and played really well, uh, and ended up winning that game and won our first playoff game um, ever here at Duquesne. So I've been blessed to be a part of the first playoff victory here and the first win over an FBS team, as you mentioned, with Ohio. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, we'll uh, talk to Jerry about what makes him the man he is today. We're talking with Jerry Schmidt, the head coach of the Duquesne Dukes, when Blessed to Play returns after this. There's a great saying that we should be a thermostat and not a thermometer. A thermometer reads the temperature of the room and responds to it. A thermostat sets the temperature of the room. You're going to walk into lots of rooms today, lots of situations and scenarios in your life. Are you responding to everybody else around you, or are you setting the spiritual temperature? Do you find yourself constantly responding to how your kids are acting? Are you letting that determine the kind of father you are? If you got teens in the house, that's not a good idea. Are you basing the kind of spouse you are today on how good your husband or wife's mood is? Are you responsive to the virtue or lack thereof in your workplace and letting that determine how you interact with the people around you? No, no, no. Start being responsive to God. Keep the person He's calling you to be today front and center. If you're true to that, even if you're quiet, Whatever room you walk into, a wave of grace will follow you. Send us a message at connect at reallifecatholic.com. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com on EWTN Radio. 
EWTN Radio is on YouTube. Search for EWTN to find the EWTN YouTube channel. Remember, EWTN is everywhere. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Coach Jerry Schmidt. He coaches in the city of Pittsburgh at Duquesne University for the Dukes, the winningest coach in Duquesne history. He has three MAAC championships, five NEC championships. He's coming off a, a good season, seven and three. He'll be entering his 18th season at the helm of the Dukes. But, uh, Jerry, we talked about your career and who you are as a coach, but uh, to get you to know your, who you are as a person is something totally different. You're coaching at a Catholic institution. I know your Catholic faith means the world to you, and you grew up as a Catholic and attend Mass regularly. But talk about why faith is important to you as a Catholic. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I was fortunate. Uh, my parents sent me to a Catholic grade school, St. Bernard in Mount Lebanon, which is right outside of Pittsburgh here. And that's where, you know, I'm old enough that I had nuns for my teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, I was fortunate to be an older boy and a commentator and then was chosen to be a sacristan, a student sacristan that would set up for all the masses in the morning and got to know the priests and the organists. And that really set my foundation and my love for the church and God and, mm-hmm. and forged my future, you know, with my faith. And um, from that point on, it drives a lot of what I do, um, you know, and I, I was fortunate to get into teaching and, and coaching and now full-time coaching. And, um, you know, every I realized a number of years ago uh, that I'm very happy here at Duquesne Catholic University. Uh, once again, the, the priests here are great. The spirit and priests are great here. I'm friends with them. Uh, I can rely on them. Uh, I love seeing them at Mass. And um, it just, it, I realized a number of years ago that, Basically, I was put here to help young people, mm-hmm. and um, so I, I use that, you know, that's my drive. Every day I get up and look forward to it, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I used to, when I was a teacher, but a lot of teachers would say, I got X amount of years to, till I retire, and I just didn't understand that. You know, I'm, I just love what I'm doing so much um, that I don't even think about that. Yeah. And I think that these players, although you're their coach, obviously, and, but they're away from home and uh, their parents aren't with them, but you're traveling with them all over the place. You're put in a position where you are a mentor. How does your faith uh, uh, guide you in that role also, not only as a coach, but also as a mentor to these kids? There's so many times that um, I ask for guidance. I ask, you know, the good Lord for guidance on how to handle situations. Um, and we rely even here with these young men because uh, they always they always don't make the best decisions. Mm-hmm. And we try to um, be patient with them, um, have them understand their mistakes. Um, and I learned as a teacher there's, there's ways outside of uh, giving detention or yelling at them or whatever. There's ways to motivate young people. Um, to change their pattern of behavior, mm-hmm. and uh, faith is a part of it. We have a great counseling s- system here at Duquesne that I constantly refer them to. Um, a number of years ago, uh, 
one our team chaplain, uh, Father Nace McColl, uh, he used to stop. He couldn't say the, give us a blessing and say the prayer before our game on Saturday because he was always he was always working weddings and things. And so what he would do is at Thursday's practice, he would start stop right here on campus. We have a few steps right by our field. He would stand up there and give him a little blessing for that week's game and give him a little message. Mm-hmm. And he was from Ireland, and, you know, he used to say, do as Nikkei, you know, just do it, just like Nikkei, you know. And it was great. The kids loved him, and uh, he'd pass out his business card, and they could go see him at any time just to talk. And uh, if they had any issues or problems, that sometimes they don't want to talk directly to their coaches about it. So I right. encourage our players to seek out counseling. Mm-hmm. I've learned over the years that, you know, us males, you know, we're stubborn. <laughs> We, we always think we, we can do it on our own. It's the same as getting tutors in class. You know, we're all, yeah, we can do it. But I tell them that, you know, it, it really doesn't, it shows courage if you admit that you need to talk to somebody and get help. So we're always encouraging that for our young men. Yeah, well, you're breaking the stereotype of uh, college football coaches who just say, tough it out. <laughs> yeah, that's how I, I kind of went through it. But I learned I learned from that. I learned from the good and the bad and um, try to do, do the best we can. We, we as a staff value the fact that we create really good relationships with our players. Our, our office doors are always open. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want them to come in and feel comfortable and, and not only try to chat about football, but about things that are going on in their personal life. And if we can be of any help, we, we certainly will do that. Yeah, great stuff. Blessed to play Ron Meyer uh, chatting today with Coach Jerry Schmidt, who coaches the Duquesne University Dukes football team in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I think for you, uh, there's a lot of noise, obviously, you're recruiting, the games, the practices. When you go to Mass and go to church, this is a time for you to reflect. It's that quiet time. Is that, do you make some great mental and spiritual gains during that time to put everything in proper perspective? You hit the nail on the head. I, I love the quietness of it, um, to be able to just sit and reflect and, and listen. And um, You know, we have a, a priest here, Father French, who is awesome. He just gives awesome sermons, and one morning I... I was coming out and headed into my office, and I bumped into him, and I said, Father, I said, I feel bad because sometimes I sit in there and I listen to you, and I want to take notes, you know, like I would at a football clinic or something. And, you know, I feel bad in church doing that because it's so powerful, and I don't want to forget it. And he looked at me, and he said, don't worry about it. It's in here. And he pointed to my heart. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this guy's really good, you know. So I do, I do value that. And um Quite often, it's real. It's kind of crazy how God talks to you. Like, um, like we'll have a game and maybe have a tough loss or something, and, I, and so we play on Saturday. And you know, I address the team on Monday when we get back together. And sometimes I, I'm struggling with how to address it or what to say. Inevitably, I'll be sitting in church and I'll hear a sermon or something from the gospel, and it just clicks with me. And so I'll quote that to our team. Mm-hmm. They may not know where it came from necessarily, but I'll relate it to our situation or to their life. And um, that's what I value, you know, like you said, having that quiet time and reflecting and then, but also learning. And it sounds like you, that transforms you to bring the culture that you want to your team and have that sense of um, family, if you will. How important is that to provide that culture amongst these young student athletes in order to get the best out of them athletically 
I, I think it's important for them to understand we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all looking to, to be better and to move, set our futures, and uh, we're here for them. Um, and some of these friends that they, they you know, make here will be friends for life. My offensive line coach, um, I played right next to in college. It's crazy. And he became a math teacher also. And, you know, I, they know that. They know that we've been friends for life. And um, so they know the people on their staff and their coaches are always here for them, even when they leave campus and they go on. And it's great when you have players send you pictures of their families. And, <laughs> and now, as you said, in social media, you can follow them all and, and see what they're doing and the successes they've had. But I just think it's great that uh, they become good family men and, and successful in the world. How about for you? I mean, you've been coaching a lot of years now and, um, you know, as, as you get older, you decide what you want to do with your life. Do you, do you have a, a time frame of coaching or do you take it year by year? What, how do you go through that process? I'm sure when you're during that quiet time too, you want to do what God wants you to do and have a sense of peace about it. But talk about the future for Jerry Schmidt. Yeah, I'm kind of laughing because my, my wife, you know, she's trying to play in our retirement and where and what. And <laughs> I, I really don't look that far ahead. I'm trying to for her. Uh, I don't have a timeline. Uh, if I'm fortunate to stay healthy, I'd love to stay helping young men. Um, I always said my, my retirement, a great retirement job for me would be to go help out at a Catholic grade school like I was at, um, you know, and maybe teach a class or two and help them out and coach the football team, and, you know, a little less stress, uh, don't have to spend as much time and then be able to do some things on the side that she wants to do. Um, you know, maybe play a little bit of golf. I'd love to get have more time to do some volunteer things and to help people. Uh, that's that's kind of my vision in the future. Well, Coach Jerry Schmidt is certainly helping people right now, the student-athletes at Duquesne University, uh, at the helm for 18 seasons and going strong, uh, has developed quite a culture and a good program there in the city of Pittsburgh with Duquesne. Jerry, thanks so much for the time about talking about your career, at, uh, most interesting, but also the man who you are, and, and I know you're affecting these student-athletes in a positive way. Thank you for joining us here on Blessed to Play. You're welcome, Ron. I really appreciate what you do also. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two play.com. You could uh, like us on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter at Blessed to Play. For Coach Jerry Schmidt, I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play.